0: a block, cuts it back, 40, 45, 50, he's oh off to the races, bird. down the upside line. to the 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Aaron Jones, oh, what a play! This is the Quicksilence Podcast. Game On Wisconsin and the Slants podcast are brought to you by Our Tech Ventures. The goal at Our tech Ventures is to collaborate closely with founders throughout all the investment and fundraising stages, turning their visions into successful companies. Since 2020, Our tech Ventures has helped turn great ideas into profitable businesses that make an impact on industries, communities, and beyond. What is up, Packers fans, and welcome back to the Slants podcast. At Game On Wisconsin, I'm your host, Jason Perrone. You can follow me on Twitter. At Jason Perrone. Hope everybody's having a good week. Excited for some Packers football to get back into our lives. Injected straight into our veins. And to boot, after two weeks off, it's Bears week. Packers get the Chicago Bears the friendly confines of Lambeau Field on Sunday. And there's some fun stuff leading up to this game. Because the game itself, I don't know how exciting it's going to be. The Packers are a heavy favorite. They should win this game. If they don't, something went very terribly wrong. The Bears are a team getting ready to pack it in for the winter. Not going to go to the playoffs. Working on next year. Maybe looking for a new head coach. And they're on the road coming to Lambeau Field where they have not won a game in many, many long times. So, the great news that we got on Wednesday was early in the day Ian Rappaport tweeted out that Jair Alexander, Packers cornerback, all pro, pro bowl, phenomenal Packers cornerback Jair Alexander returned to practice on Wednesday. That does not mean that he is a lock to play on Sunday, but it does designate him for return from injured reserve. And the Packers have a three week window in which to activate him or put him on injured back on injured reserve. And then his season is over. He cannot return. So it would seem if he's returning to practice, especially as conservative as the Packers medical staff is that Jair is trending towards returning to this team. And that is a fantastic sight for a team that has a lot in front of it, still and a lot of great opportunities. So think about this. You've got Eric Stokes, who's growing up every single week and playing well, played well enough to help keep this defense performing at a very high level and helped the Packers win nine games out of 12. On the other side, you found Russell Douglas on a practice squad. Little did anybody else know, including the Arizona Cardinals, this dude is starting caliber material. Now, you can say that he benefits from everybody else around him. That is what a good defense is. All the players are better because your best players are great, and everybody's play is elevated, so everybody plays well. Then you've got Shannon Sullivan in the slot. Kevin King, when he's healthy, is able to fill in and play a number of snaps. You add Jair Alexander to that mix. And you've got everybody playing exactly where they need to be playing. The exact number of snaps you want them playing. And you have a very effective group of guys who can cover receivers. And I'm talking about all pro receivers. Cooper Cup. OBJ say Chris Godwin assuming that the Packers might see the Buccaneers I'm not going to mention any other receivers well Mike Evans right Mike Evans CeeDee Lamb Cowboys DeAndre Hopkins Cardinals I'm talking about some of the top NFC teams that the Packers might face later in the season so that is awesome that is great news so there, there's been a lot of talk and I've done a you know I did the show. Myself, I talked about it on a quick Slants last week on Thursday. And then on pack a day with Matt Freilich, I talked about which of the big three on injured reserve. And I know Josh Myers is out there too, but he's, um, you know, he's a rookie and still a little bit of an unknown and the Packers are getting by there. So I said, Zadarius Smith, Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari, which one do the Packers need back the most? I actually went with Bakhtiari myself and I gave my reasons for it. <laughs> they need Jair. They need Jair Alexander out there for what is to come in this season and if they're going to accomplish what they're going to accomplish. They definitely need Jair Alexander. Now they need Bakhtiari. They definitely need Bakhtiari. I mean, they need Bakhtiari and Darius Smith too. David Bakhtiari did not practice on Wednesday. As of recording time, obviously for this to go up when it does early on Thursday, I don't have Thursday or Friday's practice stats yet. But every week that David Bakhtiari does not practice is another week closer to him getting put back on the shelf and I'm not sure what the trajectory is here. We're not really hearing a whole lot as far as what's going to happen with with David Bakhtiari. And one of the issues the Packers had last year in the conference championship game was protecting Aaron Rodgers. They made it all the way there, and I think they can very easily get there again this year. But that game has been a huge bugaboo for the Packers. And it's a different world when you are talking about scheming and winning one game to go to a Super Bowl. Teams do crazy things. They do stuff that's not on film. They do things that aren't expected. And that's where the Packers got caught off guard last year. And I think, as much as we can be encouraged by the way that Josh Nyman has played, Royce Newman, John Runyon Jr., Lucas Patrick, those guys are not preferred starters. They're backups, and they're backups for a reason. And the Packers are getting by. They've got a lot of talent around them and that talent's not going to suddenly go away just because it's a playoff game, but it's a different world. It's a totally different world. So I think the Packers really have to hope that David Bakhtiari is that Matt LaFleur said there was a plan. I mean, this was weeks and weeks ago when David Bakhtiari first came back to practice and I have to imagine it or got added back to the roster. And I have to imagine that the Packers had an inkling that he had a chance to play. Matt LaFleur said there was a plan. Well, well, I hope that this is a very carefully crafted plan. Maybe the maybe the plan is that until the Packers play like garbage, they're not going to bring David Bakhtiari back because they figure well we can win, let's let him rest, but I don't know. I mean, he's got to play. He's got to get his legs under him. He's got to get out there. He's got to get used to playing football again. You're not going to throw David Bakhtiari out there in a playoff game and assume that he's just going to step on the field after a year and just be fine. Like he's going to need he's going to need to kind of, you know, kind of lather up, I guess, for lack of a better term. So he would have to get in there and play, I think. And and the Packers are, we're, we're getting close. We're getting close to, I don't know if David Bakhtiari is coming back. So I hope that's not the case, but I don't like the fact that I have not seen him on the practice field uh, in some time. Now, again, he did have that scope and that would seem to have changed the trajectory of maybe what the original plan was. And I completely understand that. We'll we'll see. I mean, if the if the team, if they knew he wasn't coming back, they would have put him back on injured reserve and they would have used that roster spot somewhere else or on someone else or doing something with it. So hopefully they're still holding out hope. But Jair, back on the practice field. We'll see how that we'll see how that goes. The Packers probably get by this weekend without Jair if they're not sure if it's tips, you know, kind of tipping one way or the other as far as whether or not he can play. Probably don't need him against the Bears, but I would never hold him back. If the dude is healthy, if he's cleared and he can play. Put them in uniform. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. So that was great news for the Packers. Jair Alexander back at practice. The Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, he is going to play on Sunday. He's going to play. And I'm actually glad because I have been watching way too much Bears football over the past couple weeks. And the Andy Dalton version of it is not exciting. It's not something that excites me for three hours. I, at least Justin Fields is going to do something, you know, electrifying at some point. I don't know whether it's going to help his team win or not, I, don't, it, I doubt it, but he's going to be more fun to watch. And I would rather beat the Bears with Justin Fields out there because I want the young man to understand how this thing goes in the NFC North. Here with the Bears, when you play the Packers, you go home and you're not a winner you lose. Play the Packers, you lose. Over and over and over again. Let's get that burned into his brain, and after several years, it just kind of becomes habit. You play the Packers, you lose. For this season, anyway. I don't know what it's going to look like next season, but so Aaron Rodgers asked about the comment that he made. Obviously, this is going to be brought up this week, this whole, I own you, I've owned you all my life said he didn't necessarily mean it towards the Bears team. He was talking more to the fans in the stands who were flipping him the double bird. But then he did follow it up by saying it's really hard to argue with what I said, though, because we have won a lot of games against him over the years. So, you know, a little bit of double talk, kind of talking on both sides there. I, I, I personally like the bravado. I think it's great. Listen, if you own it, if you're a, if you're a huge, huge beneficiary of a matchup, and our founder and CEO, Jacob Westendorf, will tell you that it's not a rivalry if the other side doesn't win once in a while. And he, as a Michigan Wolverines fan who is enjoying the hell out of this season, understands better than anybody what it feels like to go on autopilot and assume that you're just going to get your annual or biannual ass kicking in the case of the Bears that play the Packers twice a year. So let's burn that in and let's keep that going and let's keep it going on Sunday. Sunday night, we'll be waiting all day for Sunday night and it's going to be Packers Bears. Now, We're excited as Packers fans because we get a football game. The rest of the NFL fan base and whatever, they may be making some other plans. It can't be very exciting for them because it's, it's, you know, I don't know how competitive the game is going to be, but the Packers can't take it for granted. They have to go out and try and play very well. Backup quarterback Jordan Love tested positive for COVID. They elevated Kurt Banker to the active roster. Jordan Love not going to be in this one. And Banker will be the backup to Aaron Rodgers. Hopefully we don't have to see any of Kurt Bankert on the field unless he is taking a knee in victory formation. That's all that needs to be said there. This this is an interesting season. I thought about it from a standpoint of last year when COVID was new and it was rampant and the cases were high and the Packers had way fewer problems. They're getting hit by it way more this year than they did last year, a year and a half later. After this pandemic was introduced to us, or at least it was given a name and we were told what it was. It's, it is, uh, it's not going to go away. And I think this is something the Packers are going to be dealing with the whole rest of the way. We have to cross our fingers when we get to playoff time that we don't get a nasty surprise the weekend heading into a playoff game that somebody vital has tested positive and they are now unable to play in a playoff game. We'll see if that is going to happen to any team coming up later this season. I would imagine that they have to keep up with their protocols. Uh, It could create a lot of asterisk-type moments in the record books, and I hope it doesn't happen. But that's the news on the quarterback front there. And here we are in December, where the Packers have been really, really good. The Packers have not lost a game in December under Matt LaFleur. And this will be his third season to go into the December slate. Gonna get tested a little bit. This weekend they have the Bears at home, but then they're at Baltimore. They've got the Browns at Lambeau Field. I think they'll I think they'll be okay there. So they've got three games in December. And then a very early January game against the Vikings at home. I guess you could lump that into maybe like December, December light for. A late-season game, but the weather is turning, and this is supposed to be where the Packers have that home field, where they have that advantage. Although it's it's changed a lot, and if you've been a fan of the team as long as I have, and as long as a lot of listeners have too, you remember back in 2002 when the Atlanta Falcons came into Green Bay and they beat the Packers for the first time ever in a playoff game at Lambeau Field. It was gutting. It was heartbreaking. And ever since then, it's, been, it's just changed. You know, any time a trend like that that's lived over decades and decades falls, then everybody else becomes less and less intimidated and scared by it. So teams are not afraid to come into Lambeau Field in January and December and play. And plenty of teams have come in and won. In fact, it happened last season. The, the NFC Championship game was at Lambeau Field. Didn't go very well for the Packers. They've lost the last two that they've played there. Uh, There was a nice little, you know, 13-year span in between those two games. But the Packers, over their last two attempts in the NFC Championship game at Lambeau, haven't won one there since Favre and the Holmgren and Leroy Butler and Reggie White. Packers in 1996 did it. So talking a lot about the playoffs this year, but this, this whole cold thing, this, we're going to start to see how built for playoff football. This team is, you got the running back, you got AJ Dillon, you put him together with freezing cold temperatures and you're going to have some tacklers who aren't going to want to have anything to do with that at all. And I have to hope that the Packers are just, you know, kamikaze ready to get it done this year because they didn't get it done last year. They didn't get it done the year before that. And this is a third, you know, it's the third time a charm. Is this, is this where they get over the hump? Hopefully so. The other thing is Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs plays very well. We get to the NFC championship game. I don't know. He's a year older. So how's that going to play? How's that going to come into the, to, to the factor? How's that going to come into play? Hopefully they're ready to go. Weird things happen in the, in this game. Guys don't play very well. Aaron Jones, fumble. Devontae Adams drops. EQ drops a two-point convert. There's just some weird things that have happened in conference championship games. Not even necessarily in Green Bay, but it's cold everywhere. But in Wisconsin and in Green Bay, this is where this team has to elevate up. And they've got to get that advantage back. And they've got to get that mental edge over teams. Make them not want to come in there and play at Lambeau Field. I was looking at last year, I was looking at Mason Crosby because there's a lot of talk about Crosby and I've, I've lobbied and said, look, he's the Packers kicker. He's a mess this year. He is absolutely our kicker. I want to remind everybody, I know that this year is not last year and that the, the two years don't really correlate to each other. It doesn't matter what he did last year because that's over with and the book is closed and this year is what does matter because there's still things left to be done. Mason Crosby didn't miss a single field goal last year. Made them all. And that guy is still inside of his head somewhere. That guy is still there. He's still somewhere in his mentality. And you have to hope that that's the guy that shows up to kick in the cold. You can take him out. You can make a statement. You can say enough's enough. You keep missing kicks. I can't have it. Who are you going to put out there? Who are you going to put out there? When you've got a guy who, if he retired, even with this season, if he retired right now, is a Packers Hall of Famer. Why would you not want that guy kicking for you? So that is, you know, that's just one example of this advantage in the cold. You've got a 15-year veteran kicking at that stadium in January. The punter, Corey Bojorkas, until he starts shanking kicks left and right, and he's had a couple this season, but until he starts doing it and the cold's affecting his ability to kick, I the, I think the Packers have an advantage there. They've got a guy that can, that can kick in the cold. I mean, let's make this painful for other teams. And let's let it start this Sunday against the Bears. And let's get a Christmas, you know, I won't call it a Christmas miracle because beating the Browns this season is absolutely not miraculous. They're not that good. But let's make it a great Christmas and close out the home slate strong against the Vikings. We owe them one. Punch them in the mouth. Play some tough, cold-weather football. And hopefully by then, more of these pieces are back. It it, it sounds like, and this is all kind of just, you know, speculation amongst podcasts and radio shows and media members and such. It just, Josh Myers sounds like a long shot. And we're just not hearing anything about Bakhtiari after that scope surgery. So Darius Smith keeps posting on his Instagram. It seems like he is moving Towards coming back, rejoining the team, that would be a really, really big shot in the arm for the pass rush that has gotten so much out of Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. And thank God Rashawn Gary's injury wasn't long term. And Aaron Jones was back on the field. Packers are so lucky that they didn't lose those guys long term. So. Cold weather football is back in Green Bay. We're going to start seeing that, you know the you can see the players' breath on the field. All the things you look forward to when it's when it comes to football at Lambeau. And I have not attended a January game inside of Lambeau Field. I've been i been at, at near Lambeau. I was there in, for the NFC Championship game last year. I didn't go to the game, but I was there just in case. And I, that's. I'm looking forward to I'm, I'm hoping to have to figure out how to survive a January football game at Lambeau Field. That's on my bucket list and I'm hoping to have to figure that out. So that's what I want to talk about this week. Packers by a thousand this weekend. I don't need to break down what what they're going to do against the Bears. The Bears just they don't have anything to play for. There isn't anything that that they're going to accomplish and I think that I think the Packers are going to make make short work of Chicago. And even if it does come down to be, to be a close game, because there's not a lot of points scored for whatever reason, uh, just win just win the game. And then we don't have to see the bears again until next season. We'll send them home and send them back up 94 down 94 and off you go. Losers. Once again, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jason Perone. Tweet me any of your topics, questions. Thank you to those who have sent me questions. The DMS are open. Send me your thoughts, anything else that you've got out there. I greatly welcome that. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy Packers football once again. We're in the home stretch of this season. It's time to head towards the quest for Los Angeles. And the Packers have a few more regular season games and a playoff slate to get there. Thanks again, everybody. Hope everyone enjoys the rest of your week. As always, stay warm, stay safe. And go Paco. Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae from right to left. Cutting left to the 50, to the 45, 40. Track down from behind.